our kids have been to uh, the kids clubs at Disney World back when they used to have them in the evenings. And the first time they went there, we tried picking them up about nine o'clock after we had gone and had dinner. We were told, do not come back until this place is closing. (laughs) That's awesome. back, everybody, to this week's bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. And as always, my lovely co-host, Samantha, is joining me today. Welcome, Sam. Why, thank you, Brian. I am drinking some coffee this morning. This is a Sunday morning that we're recording. And I, yeah, I could, I should be on my second coffee, but I'm towards the end of my first coffee right now. Caffeination is important to maintain your energy level. Overcaffeination, however, leads to a Samantha that none of us want to see. So, right. Really jittery, <laughs> Sam. You don't want, yeah, you don't want me on cold. Uh, you drink cold brew for our audience. Uh, you don't want me on cold brew because I'm like, I got I get the shakes on cold brew. <laughs> yes, I I always joke that my autobiography will be titled "Life at the Bottom of a Venti Cold Brew." So there you go, <laughs> there you go. It says that. everything you need That's... to know about me. So we have another fabulous guest to welcome today, and uh, I want to start by welcoming Julie to our show. Welcome, Julie. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Julie. We are going to talk to you about one of my favorite topics, which is first time cruising on Disney Cruise Line. For anyone who's listened to the show before, you know, this is like my favorite topic because I love like welcoming people into the Disney Cruise Line bubble community. I love it. (laughs) Welcoming to the Castaway Club. That's That's right. Yes. Yes. Well, Julie, we always like to start by getting our guests Disney cruising backgrounds or Disney backgrounds. This is your first time cruising DCL. We'll expand that to general cruising, trips to the park, that kind of thing. So what's your background with Disney? Yeah. So I went to the parks for the first time as a child with my family and then probably went a few times with friends in my early 20s. And then once I got married and had kids, we've pretty much gone every year since then. And uh, that's to Disney World in Florida. So, Julie, do you own Disney Vacation Club? I think you said that you might. Yeah, we do. We own at Bay Lake Tower and Saratoga Springs. And this year we've been to Alani for the first time. Oh, our other favorite place. Yes, it was wonderful. And then uh, this cruise that we went on was supposed to be in the summer of 2020. Of course. (laughs) And we did. So in 2019, we did a trip to Disney World. And then we spent a couple of nights in Cocoa Beach. And we went to NASA. And we had planned having a late lunch, early dinner at one of the hotel or one of the restaurants that's near the port. And we watched one of the DCL ships sail out of port. And when our sons came back to the table, we had made shirts for them that said Disney Cruise 2020. So that that was how we told them that we were going. Oh, that's awesome. How old are they? Now they're 13 and 9. So at the time they were 10 and 7. Oh, that's so cute, though. I love that. What a great surprise. Well, did you have to update the T-shirts then <laughs> to say 2022 instead? Or did you just use like some Sharpie on them? <laughs> I should have, although they wouldn't fit them anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> that's right. 
Yeah, based on those ages, yeah, they grow kind of quickly. We, we know that. Yeah, and that's sort of my hobby is making shirts so that we all match when we go to the parks. I made all new Disney Cruise Line shirts for us. Awesome. Do you have one of those cry cut machines? I have a silhouette, which is similar to a cricket. Yeah, a cricket cry cut cricket? I don't know. Something you're probably going to buy for, for Christmas at some point, I, I'm guessing. <laughs> Whatever it is, Sam. However it's pronounced. I did do a, a spreadsheet to look at the difference between buying the machine and continuing to buy things off of Etsy. Etsy, and I'm sure yeah. So I was literally well. just going to say, I honestly, it's one of those things where I would love to do it, but I feel like doing it well actually takes like quite a bit of a time investment you know, get, making the designs and planning them out and whatnot. And so I just buy my, I know it's cheaper probably to buy the machine, but the hours of time investment, I just do Etsy, I'll be honest. Well, Julie, we got to talk about your fabulous first trip aboard the Disney Fantasy. And so first, let me ask, which sailing did you take? Where did you sail out of? And who was with you? So we took the Western Caribbean sailing out of Port Canaveral um, at the beginning of August. And took with my husband and our two sons, who at the time were just 13 and 9. And, and I guess, how did you decide, I mean, first-time cruisers, sometimes they go for a three-night or a four-night to make sure that, you know, everyone's going to have fun and enjoy it. How did you land on the seven-night? Well, we had originally booked a five-night out of Port Canaveral for 2020, but COVID had other plans for that cruise. And uh, then when we got the 112... 25% cruise credit uh, that enabled us to book a longer cruise with the same funds. So that's what we did. Oh, yeah. That's a, yeah. You turned a five night into a seven night without paying extra money. That's perfect. Was your original five night a similar itinerary or did you, uh, did you get to pick a different itinerary? It was a different itinerary. It was, I think it was the double dip at Castaway Key and Nassau. Ooh, that's a tough one to get to get <laughs> the yeah. double dip, the coveted double dip. <laughs> Yeah. And then your first time at Castaway, you would have had two bites at it. That's uh that is a tough one to to leave, but seven nights. I longer yeah, cruising is always nights. better. Yeah. Longer cruising is always better. Yeah. Even even giving up a, a double dip to me, the the seven night is is the is the worthwhile sacrifice to make. <laughs> and where did your cruise stop? We stopped at Tortola in the British Virgin Islands and then St. Thomas in the US Virgin Islands and Castaway Key. That's actually Eastern Caribbean. Oh, is it? I'm Not sorry. Western. That's all right. No worries. <laughs> yeah, that's the Eastern. That's the Eastern itinerary. That's a great itinerary. Yeah, it's one of our. That's one of our actually favorite. our favorite itinerary. Yeah. Yeah. Love stopping at Tortola for some painkillers and St. Thomas for Megan's Bay Beach. Well, let's back up for a second. Where were you coming to the cruise from? We live in the Chicago area, so we flew down to Orlando four days earlier than the cruise. And we spent three days in the parks and then went over to the cruise. Nice. Yeah. Always a good strategy. Couple the cruise with a little bit of a park stay. We do that ourselves. Love to use those DVC points pre, uh, pre-cruise to, I guess, not save a little money, although the $0 bill at the end is nice. <laughs> so, And then how did you get to the port from Disney World? Did you take the Disney bus or did you drive over, use private transportation? How'd you get out to the port? We use private transportation. That tends to be the smart move because the Disney buses are a little erratic in terms of their pickup times and sometimes pick up pretty late in the day. So you can sort of miss that part of at least part of that first day of cruising. How did the uh, how was the online activity booking and check in process for you? Because you you would have had no castaway club status. So uh, you're kind of at the tail end of both processes. Well, everyone 
does their check-in at the same time, but you're at the tail end of the booking process, at least. Did you, did you get the activities you were hoping to get for your family? We did not. You know, my husband and I stayed up until midnight, the night that we could check in and, you know, we're ready to be sleeping, but we couldn't be because we had to make all those decisions. And uh, when we couldn't get the excursions that we wanted, we had to, you know, make some compromises. I don't think that clearly at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One of the hard things I think is knowing what's going to even be available no matter what your booking window is, frankly, you can look on the Disney website and get the list of all the excursions that they've like ever offered in those ports, but they're not always the excursions that will be offered on your particular sailing. That's one of the things I wish Disney would change, that you could at least browse them, you know, browse what's available or what will be available before your before your check-in time, because it makes it very difficult for people who maybe haven't decided what they want to do because they don't know what's actually available. What did you guys end up booking, if anything, through Disney? Yeah, so we booked a, I think it was called the Treasure Island Snorkel Cruise out of Tortola. And then we had booked the St. John Bay Snorkel and Beach Visit for St. Thomas, but we ended up canceling that and we just explored St. Thomas on our own. Yeah. St. Thomas is a pretty decent island to explore on your own. We, I will just keep putting in the plug that I think one of the best beaches in the Caribbean is Megan's Bay. So if you end up not being able to get a Disney excursion and you're headed to St. Thomas, just grab a cab and head over to Megan's Bay Beach. There's a bar there where I'm sure they can call you another cab to get back. And there's usually cabs just kind of hanging out in the parking lot there to take people back. So if you can't get a Disney excursion, I actually think that's not a bad way to bad way to go. What about any of the, you know, adult dining or anything? Had you thought about that in advance? I know you had your kids with you, so you don't kind of know at that point how they're going to do with the various kids clubs and with the dining and all that. Had you guys thought about doing or trying to book any adult dining in advance? And if so, did you get any? (laughs) Yeah, we definitely thought about it. We listened to your podcast while we're making dinner. So we've heard plenty of awesome reports about Remy and Paolo and that was definitely on our agenda. Our kids have been to uh, the kids clubs at Disney World back when they used to have them in the evenings. And the first time they went there, we tried picking them up about nine o'clock after we had gone and had dinner. We were told, do not come back until this place is closing. <laughs> so That's awesome. We had a pretty good gauge as to how this was going to go on the ship with the kids clubs. Yeah, that's awesome. So what did you guys end up booking anything and were you able to book it in advance or uh, it wouldn't be surprising to me if you, that was something you actually had to book on board? Yeah, so we were able to get uh, Paolo and Remy for dinner in advance. I would have loved to have done a brunch because I love brunch food, but uh, we couldn't get that. So Now, did you try for it when you got on board at all? We didn't. And I think it's because I found when we got on board... You know, I went to the spa and I booked a bunch of spa appointments and we got the rainforest room and I was sort of feeling like, oh, geez, there's a bunch of other stuff I want to do. And now I have to work around these appointments. I think we just sort of backed off on the brunch because of that. Well, something to look forward to the next time you sail, for sure. Well, we're still talking about booking things. I'm curious, what did you want to book that you couldn't book? Because the Palo Remy is usually the thing that people get bummed they can't get. Uh, but what, what were the short excursions you were eyeing that were sold out? We really wanted to do the snuba in St. Thomas. Our kids aren't really old enough to learn how to scuba dive yet. 
So we were really hoping to be able to do that with them instead. Oh, fun. fun. Yeah, that would probably be a smaller excursion for sure if it's for the equipment. So, yeah. Yeah, there's probably third-party vendors you can book through. But obviously, you know, we always tell people you've got to be willing to take some risk when you book directly through third-party vendor as as opposed to booking through Disney. So a lot of people do it and, uh, you know, have a great experience. And then there are those experiences that are not so great. So (laughs) some risk there. We investigated that a bit and really came to the decision that, you know, it's our first time doing this. We don't want to take the chance of missing the boat. So we decided not to do it. Well, as you're rolling up to Port Canaveral, you're getting some of your first glimpses of the Disney fantasy. And what was the mood like in the car? We were very excited, especially my 13-year-old, because he was pointing out all of the ships that were in port. He's very into ships and planes and what they do and how they're run and watches all sorts of YouTube videos about it. So he was pointing out different things about all the different ships. Well, how was the boarding process for you? Uh, How how did that go for you? Uh, It was pretty smooth going through security and answering the questions and then getting into that big waiting area. What was your port arrival time? I think it was 1230. That's pretty pretty good. I mean, usually the earliest you can get is like sometimes 1030, more likely 11. So um, so that's pretty good to be able to get on. What time did you manage to get onto the ship? It was probably about one o'clock. I was going to say that's not bad for boarding process. What kind of stateroom had you guys booked? We had the uh, deluxe stateroom with veranda. Very nice. That's perfect for a family of four. Let's talk about your boarding onto the ship. You know, this is your first time getting on a Disney ship. You've heard on our podcast, you know, what happens at the beginning. Did it live up to the hype? Did it not live up to the hype? How was that? You know, for me, it lived up to the hype. One thing I didn't expect was, you know, as we're walking through that tunnel to enter onto the ship, I told my sons that, oh, yeah, they're going to announce our name and then we're going to walk through. And they were a little bit embarrassed by that. They were sort of like, I don't want everybody looking at us. I'm like, you know what? Everybody's doing their own thing. They're not going to be looking at us. (laughs) That's cute, though, that they were embarrassed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) A little embarrassment of your kids is, you know is healthy. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty much my job now that they're heading into the tween and teen years. So that's right. That's exactly right. Just remember when they're embarrassed, they're scarred. And that's a memory. There you go. That is pinpoint (laughs) an actual memory that they made on board a Disney cruise. So there you go. (laughs) Well, where did you head first after the atrium? Did you choose your own adventure in cabanas or did you head for a sit down lunch? Which, Which direction did you head? Or did you go straight to your stateroom or did you go to the pool? There's so many options. Yeah, we walked around a little bit. The boys were really big on, when we first get on the ship, can we explore? So we went and we did the check-in for our uh, muster station. And then we walked around a little bit, and then we went to Cabana's. And did you do some of the open houses and whatnot that day to kind of check out the spaces? We did. We did. We uh, went to the Oceaneers Club and the Oceaneers Lab. And then I went into the Senses Spa. Nice. Get all your treatments booked. I did. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Well, what'd you think about cabanas? And I guess let's let's talk not just at the embarkation day, but sort of overall. We won't go into other food yet because we love to save other food stuff kind of towards the end of the show. But what did you think of the buffet? Yeah. I mean, I think it's fine for what it is. It's obviously not as good as the dining rooms and definitely not as good as Paolo or Remy. But 
you know, one of my sons is a pretty picky eater, so it's great that there's options there for him and we can at least get some food in him. What do they go for? What do the kids go for in cabanas? Chicken fingers, mac and cheese, fries? Uh, chicken fingers and fries. Yep. Meal of champions right there. <laughs> yeah. Chicken fingers and fries. Yeah, it's either chicken fingers or something made with cheese for him. So, <laughs> hey, their their mac and cheese is pretty good, I have to say. Yeah, he was uh, he was hitting up room service for the grilled cheese quite often. Who doesn't like a grilled cheese at any time of day? <laughs> and our server picked right up on that and special ordered a plate of grilled cheese and chicken tenders for him every night. So <laughs> I love that. It's the little things, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Let's talk a little bit about your stateroom. You said you booked the the deluxe veranda. The, so it's the family deluxe veranda, I think it's called. How did that work out for you guys? Did you feel like there was enough space? You know, what was your sort of impression of the, the stateroom situation? Yeah, when we first got in there, I felt like it was a little small. Once I got all our stuff put away, it really wasn't bad. My boys are used to sleeping on bunk beds as it is. So the setup there with the bed that pulls down out of the ceiling, that worked great. Was there a fight over the bunk bed? There seems to always, kids always fight over the bunk bed. <laughs> yeah, there was not because they've already settled that here in the house. <laughs> My oldest occasionally sleepwalks, so he gets the bottom bunk. How did you find the stateroom, Julie? I thought it was fine. I would love to have a room with a king-size bed, but a queen is okay. My husband took the kids to the pool that first day, which gave me a chance to just unpack everything and find the right cubbies for them. So I think once I did that, I felt a lot better in the room. Let's talk about activities. What kinds of activities did you and your husband and the kids get up to on board the ship? Yeah, so the kids were basically on their own most of the time. We had a rule that they had to have dinner with us, though. Now, when you say on their own, were they like hanging out, running around the ship themselves? You got 13 and a nine-year-old, I know you said. Or were they like in their their respective kids' clubs at um, most of the time? I would say probably 70% of the time they were in the kids' clubs. Yeah. We told them if they were going to leave the kids' clubs, they had to text us on the navigator mm -hmm. and tell us where they were going to be. So they had check-in, check-out privileges. That's kind of awesome. That's kind of a, you know, for the 13-year-old, not obviously a big deal. But for the nine-year-old, was that sort of his first time having that kind of freedom? It was. And quite honestly, he's probably more responsible with it than the 13-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes age is just a number, right? Sometimes yes. maturity has nothing to do with that. Yes. But even... You know, they went to a couple of shows and movies with kids from the kids club. My first instinct was to say, no, you can't do that because that's what I would do on land. And when I step back and think about it, you know, they're on the ship. They can't go anywhere. There's cast members everywhere and they know where the room is. Did they carry their own key cards then with them? They did. We had lanyards for them and they carried them in the lanyards. You know, even to the point where my 13-year-old one night asked, you know, there's a movie playing at 10 o'clock and some of my friends are going, can I go? And again, my first instinct was, no, that movie's not going to get out until quarter to 12. That's really late. But then I thought, you know what? Go. Just come back to the room when you're done. Right. You're on vacation. Yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Now, did you give the kids purchasing privileges? This is, <laughs> I feel like, another... <laughs> 
no, that is like a step beyond. I got to imagine. Well, but, li- yeah. Listen, listen. Well, let me let me explain. Let me let me explain to the listeners who maybe don't know this. Right. So everyone in your stateroom gets a key to the world card. And obviously the adults have purchasing privileges because you have it linked to a credit card for kids. You can give them purchasing privileges, but you don't have to give them purchasing privileges. But if the kids are carrying around the key card, you know, my natural question is, you know, can they buy themselves popcorn at the movie theater or go to the gift shop and buy themselves stuff? You know, what did he, particularly the 13 year old, uh, what were his, what were his privileges? Yeah. So they did have purchasing privileges, partly because I think we just didn't think about needing to shut that off. But I will say that they were very responsible with it. The only thing I think my 13-year-old charged was some ice cream at the sweet shop. And he had texted me on the navigator to ask if he could do it. So perfectly fine with that. Oh, that's awesome. Nathan could only have purchasing privileges as long as they don't sell Roblox in the uh, the gift shop. <laughs> you know, we would he... have that issue too. <laughs> I, I will say, having a teenager on a ship is just perfect because there are times of day where he can just sit there and eat and eat and eat. And I did not at all feel like, you know what? I'm spending twelve dollars at cheeseburger. Do you really need two or three? Right, like at the parks. Oh my god. Yeah. Just eat as much as you want. Get your fill. Get to have a growth spurt now so that I don't have to feed you there as much you at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, we need to take a quick pause in the action to thank our amazing show sponsor over at My Path Unwinding Travel. We have really come to love all of the agents over at My Path Unwinding Travel who you've heard on this show. So many of their agents have been on the show sharing their great experiences with concierge sailing, adventures by Disney, and just unique sailings across the Disney portfolio. And so have really come to rely on their expertise as we think about our own vacations, questions we've had about sailing concierge for the first time, questions about unique itineraries, and they are just so knowledgeable, so friendly, so giving of their time. My Path and Wedding has some fabulous Facebook groups out there that you can join around concierge sailing, the Disney Wish, the Disney Treasure, just all kinds of great groups where they answer questions from people who haven't even booked vacations with them. So love, love, love the great experience, expertise, friendliness of My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you are thinking about booking your next Disney Cruise Line vacation, maybe been thinking about taking the leap and upgrading to concierge or have been eyeing some special adventures by Disney trip or really just want to benefit from the knowledge and expertise that a great travel expert can provide, highly recommend heading over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. And with that, back to our episode. So let's talk about what activities you guys got up to while the kids were spending a lot of their time in the kids club in the movie theater and eating cheeseburgers. <laughs> yeah, so I did have a few spa appointments. Nice. What'd you get? What'd you get done? Um, I had a facial and a massage and the um, teeth whitening. Oh, nice. And and did the teeth whitening work? It did. I mean, it's not completely dramatic, but I could see the difference. I've always wondered about that treatment. That's why I ask. (laughs) Yeah, I thought about doing the manicure and pedicure, but I just had a pedicure before we left on vacation. So I kind of felt like that would be a waste. 
Although that said, I don't know that I would do all those spa appointments the next time because I I felt like there were other things on the navigator that I wanted to do that I had to forego because I already had those appointments. Yeah, I, th- I find that you 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 gravitate toward your favorites, right? There's so Sam almost always gets a hot stone massage and a pedicure, which you know we can space out over two different days. Uh, and I love getting the men's shave uh, and facial. Uh, and so we can usually fit that in, but yeah, we were, I think early on, we were like multiple massage dolls and it got, it just had <laughs> the opposite of like wore me out. I'm like, Oh my God, I don't want to go to the spa again. So yeah, <laughs> well, totally sympathize. There's so much yeah. to do. Yeah. There's so much to do. I love the massage. I would get like three massages, except I want to do other stuff. So it is, it's a balance of figuring out, okay, like I can just do the one massage and the one pedicure and I space them out. As Brian said, like I try, I don't do them usually on the same day. The other tip is we like to do them early in the morning. Right. So eight o'clock spa appointment, you're done by nine. Most people are just getting out of bed at nine on the ship. So if you fit them in at eight o'clock, you're not you're not missing too much out of the daily navigator. But if you spread them out throughout the day, then it starts to. Yeah, you have to make some hard choices at that point. So did your husband do any um, spa treatments? He didn't do any treatments. I did sign him up for the rainforest room with me. What did you think of the rainforest room? I loved it. I love doing, you know, the steam room and then the cold shower and then the steam room and the cold shower. <laughs> but I think my husband felt like that totally was not his scene. I'm I'm with your husband on that. I actually I liked it as a private experience, but I'm just not I I don't love steam rooms. I don't love I like those loungers, the warmed loungers to lay, to sit on or like with a hot tub to get in, but like the the sh- the rain showers and stuff are just not enough of a draw for me, you know, to to spend the money on the passes really the wish has a nicer one because it has the outdoor area you think if they if they actually make day passes truly available which they didn't they only had length of cruise passes when we were on that might be something that you know more worthwhile to try but on most of the ships i can i can pass on the rainforest pass what other kinds of uh, activities did you get up to on board julie we spent quite a bit of time in the adult pool area and I did go to, there was the Art of the Theme show. Oh, yeah. The tour. Yeah, that was really nice. And honestly, I wish they had an all ages version of that because I know my 13-year-old would really enjoy it too. Uh, I went to one of the drawing classes. Oh, I love those. And um, actually ran into our next door neighbors at the drawing class. So I stayed with them. There was like a family game show afterwards that they wanted to go to. So I hung out with them and did that too. Did you make it to any of the nighttime adult activities like the, uh, you know, the additional variety act shows they do for the adults or match your maid or anything like that? We really didn't. Uh, We had the late seating for dinner and we did make it to a couple of the shows before dinner. Most of the nights after dinner, we found that we were just ready to go back to the room. Yeah, it's exhausting. I mean, it's it's not like a parks vacation, although you had had a couple of days at the park, so you needed the relaxation. You were you guys were though on a seven night cruise, so you can accomplish a lot more on a seven night cruise than if you're doing a three or four night cruise for sure. What about shows? Sam always wants to know about shows. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we saw Aladdin and Believe. Yeah, they also had Frozen, and we missed that. I think that was the night we had Paolo. What'd you think? What'd you think of the two shows? I really liked them. Really liked both of them, and you know, both feature the genie who did a great job. That's the genie is going to make or break both of those shows for sure. Yeah. Did your kids like them? 
Did they go or were they in the kids club? (laughs) (laughs) So my oldest went to part of Aladdin and he liked it. My youngest did not go. Our son doesn't often skips the shows. He's, he's just not a, you know, not a big show kid. Yeah. We sometimes have him watch them on the stateroom TV because uh, he'll, he'll kind of sit through that and, and watch the show that way. So that's not, not a bad way to go either. Yeah. My oldest Aladdin is one of his favorite movies. So I'm sure that's why he stopped in there. Well, we haven't talked about dining. Yeah. I think that's, we got to talk main dining first, right? Yeah. Rotational dining. So how was your experience with rotational dining? Where did you, uh, where'd you head first and what'd you think? So we had Enchanted Garden first. Um, You know, our servers were amazing. The food was pretty good. I don't know that it was outstanding, but, you know, the servers were definitely attuned to what you like and what you don't like. It definitely wasn't the first night, but one of the nights we were in Enchanted Garden and I had gotten, I think it was the grouper and it was dry. It was overcooked. And our server noticed that I was picking at it. He came over and he was like, no, 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 I'm taking this. I'm going to bring you something else because I want you to be 100% happy with what you're having. Yeah, that's the great service that you get. You know, I have to say we've had a lot of really wonderful main dining food. And then we've had some kind of mediocre main dining food, you know, and Sometimes it just depends on, you know, is the kitchen having a good day? And sometimes there are just dishes that just don't do well being made in mass quantities, right? The great thing that, you know, is when your wait staff notices and fixes the problem by getting you something else. And smart that they didn't just bring you another grouper because odds are if yours was <laughs> overcooked, they were all overcooked. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it, it's so important to have great wait staff for that reason. I always ask our waiter, like, I'm going to order this. What do you think? Right. And if it's not one of the recommendations he's given for the evening, usually he or she will give me an honest answer about, <laughs> like, no, to just avoid that at all costs. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, fantastic. I'm not ordering that. I will order something else. I always go with the server recommendations because they are seeing the food come off the line. And they've also seen, if you have late seating, the nice thing is they've seen other guests react to the food already. <laughs> so if they had a bunch of guests who are like, eh, it was great then they're going to tell you oh my god just don't even don't even bother yeah this is not good tonight for whatever reason yeah and what did you think about royal court that tends to be a good menu a lot of uh folks really like that menu but what did you think yeah i thought the menu was good and i really love that room i love all the mosaics of the different you know princess stories i love the lights that look like cinderella's carriage i love the little bread baskets that look like cinderella's carriage it's really a great room And then you had animators, of course, on the fantasy and you got to go to animators at least twice. I don't know which I'm one of the restaurants. Well, actually, you might not have because of Apollo and Remy, which which animators show or shows did you get to see? And what did you think of the experience? Yeah, we did have it twice. The second night was on the same night we had Apollo. But we had a six o'clock at Palo, so we met our sons at the late seating for dinner at Animator's Palette. And oh, nice. we were unable to eat anything because we were just stuffed. <laughs> but it was great it's, to it's see the show. It's great that you made it, even. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did you think of the shows there? I really liked both of the shows, although I wish we had a table that was closer to one of the screens. Mm-hmm. 
We were sort of in the middle of the room. I, we have not had a chance to have Crush talk to us either. I really would love to have that experience. Although we have talked to Crush at Turtle Talk with Crush at Disneyland, which they have, of course, at Disney World as well. And so it, it's it's not that different of an experience, but I just love it. I think it's just super, super fun. What did you think of the food quality in main dining overall? I think it, in general, it was quite good. Like we said, the fish was a little hit or miss, but all of the rest of it was really quite good. What did you think about? Let's start with Palo. You had Palo dinner. Uh, what did you think about Palo dinner? I really enjoyed it. I lived in Italy for a while. So to be able to get that sort of high quality, really sort of a authentic Italian food is really great for me. Yeah. What'd you have? Do you, do you remember what you had as your, you, you and your husband had? Yeah. So we did the, we did the charcuterie board, the calamari. And then for the main meal, we got, I think it's 64 ounce steak. It's a porterhouse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The shareable that, one, that, right? Didn't we, we've done one that, that once, you, yeah. haven't we, Sam? No, I don't think we've ever done that because we always like different things. I don't think we've ever gotten that. Yeah, we, we never get a shareable, almost ever at a restaurant, give, get a shareable entree, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, we had a small issue with sharing it because I'm more of a, a medium steak person and my husband is more of a medium well steak person. So I told him, you know, you can have the pieces from the outside and I'll take the pieces from the inside. So that was really good. And we had the, I think it's butternut squash angelotti with it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that is really good. Did you do the souffle? I did the amaretto souffle. Nice. What um, What did you guys think about Remy? We were trying to get to something that evening, so we didn't do the full menu. We did it a la carte. They had a toothfish appetizer that was just fabulous. It was so good. And it's not a fish that I've ever heard of before. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we have we've only done the full meal experience, but I imagine that that would be especially a nice way to try it for the first time to just, you know, to just kind of order a couple of courses. But I, I take it you guys are probably adventurous eaters or you wouldn't have gone. Uh, my husband and I are. My children are not, but they're not well, allowed right. to go there anyway. Right. No, so. the mac and cheese. Yeah. The, the, or the, sorry, the grilled cheese kid. Yeah, for sure. I am just trying to picture Nathan and trying to <laughs> poke his way through something at Remy right now. And yeah. Oh man, no, would that, that be comical. <laughs> awesome. So would you, did, would you say that the experiences at Paulo and Remy were worth it? Like, are you glad you did them? Would you do them again? Yeah, I would definitely do both of them again. Yeah, we, we we love them. We know they're not for everyone. And, you know, we try to tell people, especially like, I think Paulo really is kind of for everyone, but we know Remy really isn't for everyone. And so we try to, if people ask us, we try to sort of find out like, how adventurous of an eater are you? How willing are you to put a chef, you know yourself into the chef's hands and let them decide everything for you? Because if that's the kind of person you are, go to Remy. If you're not that person, don't go to Remy. <laughs> It'll be an expensive check for, you know, not having eaten anything. So, Yeah, my husband remarked that after coming out of there, you know, everything is a pretty little piece on a plate. And he said, you know, I may not have chosen this to eat at a regular dinner, but since we're here, let's try it. Let's do it. He's like, I loved everything. I ate everything and I wouldn't have thought I would. 
but I walked out of there and I was full. Yes. Always. We always, we feel the same way. Like the, the, the food is really rich and well, when you do the, when you do the full meal too, you get, you're getting a lot of courses. And so even though the food kind of looks small, it's actually a lot of food overall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Julie, is there anything about your cruise that we didn't get a chance to chat about that you wanted to be sure to share? We were super excited that they had Thor Love and Thunder on board because we hadn't gotten a chance to see it at the theaters. So we definitely went to see it there. Awesome. Well, I think we've reached that point in our show then when I need to hand you over to Sam for some arbitrary questions, even more arbitrary rules and (laughs) mixed with a bit of judgment. So Sam, you want to take away for the round we love to call rapid fire? I love that. I love that description. Always mixed with a bit, bit of judgment. Julie, you have listened to our show before, so this really needs no introduction. But for the benefit of listeners who might be listening for the first time, Rapid Fire is when I ask our guests their Disney favorites. I will ask a couple of general Disney favorites, and then I will ask Disney Cruise Line favorites. And we'll be talking specifically about on the Disney fantasy. There are no rules except the arbitrary rules that I like to make as we go along. So Julie, who is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? I have a hard time narrowing it down to one. I have to say Bo Peep. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Genie, especially the Robin Williams Genie. Mm-hmm. And now that I've seen Lightyear on board, Socks. Oh, yes. Socks is great. I have to agree with you, Robin Williams Genie over Will Smith Genie, 100%. All right, Julie, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? Ratatouille. That's the right answer. Congratulations. You've already won. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. (laughs) All right. What is your favorite Disney song? You've Got a Friend in Me. Oh, yeah. Keep with the Toy Story theme. I like that. Bo Peep and You've Got a Friend in Me. Perfect. All right. What was your favorite stage show? I know you only saw two, but on board the Disney fantasy. Aladdin. That's the right answer. For sure. Overbelief. (laughs) What was your favorite onboard activity? Remy. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. I love that. I wasn't even thinking dining, but yeah, that's an activity for sure. Speaking of dining, what was your favorite rotational dining? I would say Royal Court for the food and Animator's Palette for the shows. Yes, that's the right answer as well. Good job, Julie. You're just knocking it out of the park right now. (laughs) All right. What was your favorite space to hang out on the ship? Uh, The area around the, the adult pool. What was your favorite savory food item on board? I would have to say the agnolotti at Palo. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. What was your favorite sweet food item on board? The gelato. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Palo's hitting it out of the park now, too. I love that. All right. And my last question for you is a bucket list cruise. You can go anywhere on a Disney cruise. Doesn't even have to be someplace Disney Cruise Line currently sails. Where would you go? I would say the Nordic countries with the fjords and the northern lights. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, Julie, I'm also curious, what's next? Uh, Did you enjoy your Disney cruise enough that you got a placeholder on board or perhaps even already booked another one? Yeah, we uh, got the placeholder and we are already using the placeholder for a spring break cruise on the Magic out of New Orleans next spring. Oh, awesome. Wonderful. Wonderful. Coming from the Chicago area, we we realized that we can drive to New Orleans in 14 hours and not have to worry about the planes. So that became our spring break choice. 
Nice. Well, sailing out of New Orleans is a blast, and you can always head back in our catalog to learn even more about tips and tricks for sailing out of New Orleans. Uh, it would be an amazing cruise. It's so fun, and it's so interesting to sail out the Mississippi River Delta. It's always, I just think it's such a unique sailing. So uh, you'll have a blast, I'm sure. So, Julie, just want to say thank you for sharing your family's experiences with us and our listeners, and just really appreciate you coming on. Well, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it. As always, thank you so much out there for listening to our bonus show this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast so you can keep getting great content from the DCL Duo each week. Please also head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us those five-star reviews. And if you leave us a written review, we will read it on the air in our main show each and every week. We love connecting with you, our listeners, and hearing your feedback. So head over there, leave us a review. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also connect with our show via our voice mail line. If you'd like to send us a question, a comment, or otherwise have us address your feedback on the air, then just leave us a message at 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. If you'd like even more great content from the DCL Duo, you can always browse to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for our vlog. If you'd like to help support the show, you can always browse to patreon.com slash DCL Duo and choose from one of our monthly support tiers. Really do appreciate each and every one of our Patreons out there for making this show happen each and every month. We also really appreciate our amazing show sponsor, My Path Unwinding Travel. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney vacation, head over to www.mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo to book your next fabulous vacation. Use that link so they know the DCL Duo sent you. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of Disney Cruise Line or the Disney Company. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL Duo. Good night. <laughs>